0: Pie and a
1: pint, Pie and a pint, and Pie and a, pie. Pie and a pie. Welcome back to the Pie and a pie podcast. You should know us by now, and if you don't, why not get to know us by follow- following us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and if you haven't already, why not hit that subscribe button. So, earlier on in the week, we've spoken to Ben Thornley, class of 92 star, who was a complete gen and a proper sound guy. So, Ben Thornley, welcome to the Pineapark podcast. First of all, how are you doing?
2: I'm all right, thanks guys. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you, Thank you for, for coming. coming yeah.
1: So, what a story you have, by the way. I think, well, Luke's definitely read your book. He keeps going on about it for the past <laughs> week and a <laughs> half, two weeks since you said yes, pretty much. But... Yeah. What I'm going to do, first of all, I'm going to just go over some of the quotes that have come through, sort of friends of yours and legends from the game as well. So, first of all, we've got Nobby Styles saying the closest thing to George Best that he's ever seen. So, what a quote that is. David Beckham saying, Ben would have outdone us all. Paul Scholes saying, a step above us all. He could do everything. And then finally, Gary Neville saying one of the most outstanding talents that he's ever played with. Hearing that from sort of teammates, football icons, your friends that, from the past and looking back, how does that make you feel? Sort of hearing them comments.
2: Um, well, it, it's difficult to, to put it into words when you're talking about the people that you've just mentioned. Um, I mean, you're talking about uh, somebody that, well, people that have, have played for the country, people that have won the World Cup, um, people that have, have been, you know, in the in the forefront of, of football connoisseurs and and people that have watched the game for for years and years and years and have done everything that there is to do in the game. So to hear things like that from them, regardless of the fact that I know them, um, that they were friends of mine, um, it it it's it was something that i wanted people to be truthful about that was why i wrote the book in the first place is um is that you know i mean luke if you if you have read it you will realize that you know it's not all sweetness and light or anything like that and mm-hmm. you know there are times when and especially myself um i thought it was important to be honest uh, and the the quote from the quote from nobby styles i mean people will just say well wow, that you know that is a statement and um, i i can, it wasn't something that was consistent with Nobby. I have to say, it was just a goal that he'd seen me score in a particular tournament. And I think that the people that he was speaking to around the table, that included Samat, um, happened to be just a few days after that. And I think what he was doing was reminiscing, seeing George Best score the type of goal that I scored in that tournament, which I probably did you know, on three or four occasions, whereas George Best used to do it week in, week out. So. I, I, it was important for me to get across to people that, you know, I, w- I would in no way compare myself to George Best. But hearing it come from somebody like Nobby Styles, who, you know, obviously was a huge, um, a, a, a huge player in the, in the 60s and, and won the World Cup and, and played for Manchester United when they won the, the European Cup in 68. In um, I just wanted people to understand that, I'm, you know, I'm not the sort of person that would big myself up. Um, and and these are the sorts of things that that people around the time that that I was growing up with the likes of Paul and, and David and Gary and Nikki But and, and Ryan um, that that is what they thought of me and I wanted them to be honest and it was really nice that they came out and said some of the things that they did.
0: It could have gone other way if you asked them to be too honest. Good, <laughs> good. Well, <laughs> you... <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. So, All the likes
0: of. obviously. <laughs> obviously work class but for him to say it like you say you've asked them to be honest and for him to come out with with the stuff they have it's I it it's speaks funny. volumes don't it because i mean
3: if you're gonna ask for an opinion off a fullback that you were no doubt tearing up every day in training like someone <laughs> like gary neville <laughs> it says a lot, if you were doing that to him you know so it puts it in perspective
2: yeah it was Too a very catar- it was a very cathartic exercise and uh and as much as when I, I was first approached to do it I, I i just couldn't think of anything not worse but uh, but you know why would anybody be interested sort of thing yeah. um but the way that the book was pitched to me uh and the way that the guy who who dan who wanted to uh dan pool who, who who approached me about it i thought that the way that he was prepared to to use the people that he used in it gave it a lot more weight if you like Um, and and i thought that he he wrote it brilliantly and he introduced the right people with the right um the right quotes at the right time um and i i really enjoyed it and it it didn't matter to me um whether you know nobody bought it or whether it flew off the shelf it's something that i can say that i've done um and having you know finished it and 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 obviously spent the time a year to 15 months actually getting everybody together to be able to 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 pull it off um i i was i was really really pleased with the finished article and something that nobody can take away from me
1: no uh,
3: certainly speaking for myself I obviously told josh and nick about it when we found out ben ben formally were coming out I was like what that's amazing and i told them about the book that i'd read because like you say i think cathartic's the word cause You know, I I think people who might be aware of your career and obviously the tackle that didn't end it, but certainly stopped it potentially, you know, being what it was. I think the book really handles that well because it's optimistic in that, you know, you're very honest about how dark that was at times and like it being a melancholy experience and how it it affected your career, but how you take so many positives from that and how you're revered by the people that you grew up with and trained with and everything. It's a a great read. I think most, certainly I'm not a footballer, obviously, but I think any young footballer should have a read of that book would be my kind of statement. And to show you should be appreciative of of what you've got while you've got it make the most of it.
2: Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. And and that's why at times in the book I was critical of myself because there were still opportunities there for me to, to get back to a much better level than I ended up playing at and you know a combination of the way I started living my life etc but I mean it is all in the book and like I said I wanted to be honest it was important that um that I didn't I didn't paint a picture where I was feeling sorry for myself because there were instances throughout my career where I know that I was solely to blame so you know, I, I wanted people to understand that that I didn't just blame the tackle for the fact that I, you know, I didn't play for Manchester United. There were there were certain elements and 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 you know things that I could have done better that that would have made me a, a better footballer and probably a better person as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely brilliant story. Um, but going right back to the beginning, what got you into football and where did your passion for the game really begin?
2: Um. I was seven years old, and I was watching the World Cup in 1982 in France. Was it France? No, sorry, Spain. I told you It was in Spain, wasn't it? Uh, which is still my favourite World Cup to this day as well. Uh, when uh, when Italy won it, but it was Brian Robson. Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a I'm a Manchester boy. So um, all my family who were into football, they were all Man United fans. There wasn't anybody else on the scene um and i watched brian robson score that goal against france after 27 seconds and it was just something that from then on in i i i wanted to do i mean I, I couldn't have envisaged that i was going to be any good at it but i was only like i said i was seven years old um and i i just wanted to go out and do it and my dad was was very encouraging he was never a, a sportsman at any level he played at college and university but you know he didn't go into anything professionally um, and he didn't shove me down that road either but i think after a little bit of time of you know seeing me playing in the garden and coming out with me and making sure that I, I i was kicking with both feet from an early age um i think he soon sort of realized that there was a there was a little bit of a chance that i i could be decent Um, and that was how I got into it just by watching Brian Robson and then the only thing I ever wanted to do and obviously back then you didn't have the TV coverage that you had and uh, the the, you know the best I could do about watching Manchester United was tuning into the radio when they were playing the likes of Dukla Prague and uh, Dundee United actually they played in in the uh, in the mid 80s in the in what was the UEFA Cup, and I, I was—I suddenly became a, a not just a Brian Robson fan, but a, a you know a Man United fanatic.
1: So, what was it like then, coming through sort of the youth setup set at United? Obviously, one of the biggest clubs in the world, probably at that time. But at the time, was a bit of a sleeping giant.
2: Yeah, um, obviously they've been starved of any league success for for a long time. Um, the Premier League era was was just dawning on everybody. Um, myself and the lads that you just mentioned, along with the likes of Robbie Savage, Chris Casper, John O'Kane, Keith, uh, Keith Gillespie, we um, we all joined the club in July of nineteen ninety one um, under the brilliant tutelage of uh, tutelage, should say, of Eric Harrison who uh, everybody uh, who has worked with him both before us and after us will know what what a wonderful guy he is, what a great coach, doesn't stand any messing about. Make sure you keep grounded, but every day you go out on the training pitch, you enjoy it. Um, You know that at times you're going to get a bollocking from him, but these are all things, along with all the jobs that we had to do and stuff like that, that, um, that help you develop for whatever is thrown at you in later life and, and make you a, a man before your time, if you like. You're 16 years of age and, and you're coming to a place of work and they expect you to grow up very, very quickly. Um, that's, not to, that's not to mean that you start getting carried away and swept away with where you are. Um, it, it still means that you've got to work hard um and when you feel as though you've done enough then there's even more to do because you've got stepping stones you've got to get yourself into the u team you've got to get yourself into the reserves and as much as you're a team i i think any of the lads that you would ever get the chance to speak to would tell you that grew up with me that there there is always a little bit of competition there to see you know on a saturday morning who was who was going to be picked for the a team who was still in the b team who was on the bench um, you know who was going to be the first one in midweek to be called up to play for the reserves and who was going to be the first person to to get the uh, get the nod that you were going with the first team or that you were reporting to Old Trafford to be in the first team squad and these were all things that that spurred you on because you're at Man United because you see these fabulous players like Mark Hughes and Brian Robson and Eric Cantona, Dennis Irwin, Peter Schmeichel, Gary Pallister, Steve Bruce, all in the in awesome. the first team dressing room. And of course Giggsy, who had played with us um, when we won the Youth Cup in the in our first year, he was already established in there. And we knew that obviously he was a special talent. But we knew that if you if you were Able to work hard and you got recognition, then it didn't really matter to Sir Alex how old you were. I mean, you saw that when he when he signed Wayne Rooney for the, you know, it's the, you know 17 years of age, he knew what a brilliant player he was going to become, and you know that is exactly what he did. And the lads that I grew up with were tremendous. I mean, they were all brilliant. Nothing to do with what they said about me, by the way. We <laughs> just um, we just all got on so so well off the field, and that is why we gelled so well on it.
0: You're saying there, uh, Ben, about the sort of competition, who's going to get that call-up. Your, your call-up, well, your, your first game came away at West Ham, 26th February 1994. Well, what's that feeling like then, running on running onto the pitch, United shirt, on, that's it, I'm a United player. I
2: I'll didn't... tell you what, running onto the pitch was less daunting than warming up. <laughs> 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 One of all bloody West Ham fans, I can tell you. <laughs> that um, that one of the things that I've never understood. I mean, it's a great stadium, the Olympic Stadium, but the um, the bowling ground, Upton Park, whatever you wanted to call it, that was such a difficult place to go for anybody. The crowd were right on top of you. They were raucous. They were hostile. Uh, and West Ham had, you know, they had good teams. Um, I mean, it was West Ham where we went and, and couldn't put the ball in the back of the net for Blackburn to so won the league. It, it, you know, they were, they were a really, really solid outfit, West Ham, and they've had some very, very good players, as, as we know as Man United supporters over the years with, you know, your Rios and Michael Carricks yeah. and what have you. So, yeah, I, um, I got a call, well, I got a tap on the shoulder from Brian Kidd on the Thursday morning to tell me that I would still be training with the with the reserves, as it were, but um on the friday morning to come in with my club suit and um and would be going uh would be going to uh to old trafford after training with them with the first team um for the game uh, at uh upton park and i knew then that it wasn't like now where you you know the manager will take a squad of You know whatever he needs for the bench plus one maybe two others just in case somebody gets injured somebody falls ill overnight back then it was literally your 11 starters and your three subs there weren't any extra so i knew that there was a really good chance that if things were going to go well that i was going to get on the field um and sure enough that happened it it was a it, it was just I say about things that, you know, can never be taken away from you Uh, and along with, along with winning the the youth cup with all those, you know, esteemed names that you mentioned at the start, at the top of the show, um, making my Manchester United debut is definitely something that I know um, and I'm aware that millions and millions of kids all around the world want to do it and they never get the chance to do it. So even though, uh, you know after that i only made a, a handful of appearances for reasons that we obviously all know about um to make my debut was uh an unbelievable honor and a privilege um and again like i said something that uh that will never ever be taken away from me and i have actually got my i haven't got many of my shirts but i have still got the one that i made my debut in
3: yeah i always wonder about that because there's so many players over the years i've simply like made their england debut or whatever and it's like the first cap and they they trade the shirt and i'm like are you are you mental that's that's (laughs) the absolute prize possession surely so it's good to hear you kept that yeah
1: it's a good job you didn't say anything too bad about west ham because josh's wife's a west ham fan so it should have been coming for you
2: well (laughs) they're they're actually my they're my london team because and purely and simply because i made my debut against them yeah. But uh, yeah. I just nice. wish they'd have stayed. I wish they'd have stayed at Upton Park. It's a yeah. fabulous stadium, the Olympic yeah. Stadium, but it's just not conducive to football at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Berlin,
3: the Berlin or Upton Park, whatever you want to call it, great stadium. I only went once. We lost five three Burnley, <laughs> and like you said, you're right on top of the pitch. There's like such a little boundary between the edge of the pitch and the stands. Yeah. yeah. Opposition players can hear absolutely everything. i always remember Rob Greens in goal for West Ham when we went and interest us and he was getting dogs abused the whole game. I don't know how you can
2: cope. It's that close. You couldn't get more opposites with what with that stadium and the one that they've got yeah, now. No, it's very true. So much of a gap. It's massive. Yeah, it's huge.
1: So moving on then. So after that, you did get obviously that serious knee ligament damage injury again in that reserve match against Blackburn and we've all sort of seen the tackle from Nicky Marker, but what was sort of running through your mind sort of at the time of that happening
2: what you mean when he'd actually committed yes. the tackle yeah yeah i i knew that there was um that there was substantial damage with with where he'd caught me and and how hard he'd caught me uh, and i think that that was um that was compounded by Gary Walsh in the in our goal, standing on the edge of his own box, saying that he, you know, he heard the snap. Yeah. Um, and Alex Sir Alex Ferguson was in the stand at the time. He was watching the he was watching the game, and my dad was just literally sat about two rows in front of him, and he uh, he tapped him on the shoulder and he grabbed him straight away because I think that. Chris Casper was in the crowd. He was watching the game because he was injured, I think, um, and he said he heard it as well. And and when you hear things like that, um, you you know instantly that it isn't a shin pad, especially with where he caught me. Um, and I knew that there was um, there was gonna well, I, I knew that it was bad. I knew it was bad. And then that was obviously confirmed when uh, when Jonathan Noble, the surgeon, opened my knee up the following morning.
1: Yeah, it really does sort of send shivers down your body, really, doesn't it? Especially when you're describing it, and mm. I know sort of the comments from the surgeon and whatnot. But I think we've got a sort of a, on the back question from that, haven't we, Josh? From,
0: from yeah, Facebook. so we put out um, obviously we put out that you were, that you were coming on and, and for any questions on Facebook and and things like that. And one that leads into to the injury quite well was uh, from Andrew Steed on Facebook, and he just wanted to know how do you find The motivation to sort of rebuild your career and keep sort of anxieties at bay—that that that comes with an injury like that—which I think is just is quite important on on that because it's not only physically you've got to recover, but something like that obviously is going to take a a mental toll. So, yeah, that's something that you.
2: Yeah, and it's a it's a more than reasonable question when you you know when you're at such an early age in your career and you and you a a setback like the one that I had, Um, and. You know, linking in nicely with what you just said about the, the mental aspect, because, uh, you know, at, at, at this current moment in not just in football, but in sport in general, you know, that they're, they're making a, such a huge thing that there is this, you know, this support for people that are, that are you know, suffering mentally with whatever it may be with whatever problems they may have uh, and i think it's brilliant that they've um, that they you know they they really have sort of pushed to make sure that there is a, a network of people that um that any sportsman or well just, not just sportsmen but anybody when they're you know they're feeling um they're feeling mentally challenged in terms of things just not going well with either the family life or the work or whatever it may be that there is somewhere to turn and back when i was coming back from an injury that just that it just wasn't there mm. um you know they were introducing all sorts of things dietitians were coming in and and obviously the the sport was evolving with this with the sciences and everything but there wasn't uh, anything there really in place for the psychological impact of of, uh, of having such an injury and especially like I said at, at an early age where you feel as though you're on top of the world one minute by making your debut and you know perhaps being told that you're going to be playing in an FA Cup semi-final in a matter of days and then you know the next minute the bottom of your world falls out because you, your knees in such a mess that you don't actually know whether you're ever going to play again and finding the motivation was difficult I mentioned it many times in my book that it was a, a dark place and 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 literally the gym at the cliff was a dark place you could walk in there uh there were only slit lights at the top and and when you're down there on your own and you you know you you're going into the sort of autumn months as we are now it gets cold it gets dark and sometimes that is just how you feel in yourself but I was fortunate that and I'm, I always relay back to this that I've got a wonderful family. I've got great friends. I had I had great support inside the club with both the pl- the players that I played with, uh, and the the management team under Sir Alex. Um, and also Dave Fever must get a, a special mention for me because he was the physio that just come in that summer from Wigan Rugby League. And I was his project, if you like, you know, one he, he probably knew me better than any other player in that club um, in, in 94, the 94-95 season because he spent so much time with me. But boy, was I grateful because um, he had an extensive knowledge coming from Wigan Rugby League where he'd seen a lot of these um, uh, knee knee rehabilitations going on that he'd actually overseen because they, they they were just so rife so it wasn't it wasn't completely alien to him um to, to put me through my paces and bearing in mind that I I hadn't had my cruciate repaired because the way the damage that happened with my knee was the medial ligament which is the one that runs down the inside of your leg that gives you all the stability and anybody that's had a cruciate knee ligament injury knows that after three or four days of having something like that, you, you need to move it, otherwise it just locks in place. And of course, my leg had to be in plaster, so I couldn't have the two operations, they just wouldn't have worked. So to be able to combat the fact that I didn't, I, I haven't, and still haven't got, a, 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 I would say it's about 80% gone, I've only got about 15 to 20% left. Um, I needed to compensate for, uh, with strength in my legs by working my quadriceps and uh, and my hamstrings more importantly. Um, and he was the one that that um, that led me down that path of being able to to strengthen my legs sufficiently that I you know I uh, I could get back to playing again. But that didn't that that also came with its you know with its dark times as well. And, and both the manager and and Dave Fever said to me, listen, you know if you're ever feeling unmotivated then you just need to tell us it's a you know you're going to be stuck in this treatment room for five six months uh, doing your rehabilitation it's understandable that at the age you are you're going to become distracted you're going to become despondent uh, and we need to identify that. But if we haven't done, you need to come and tell us so that we can give you a little bit of time away, give you a little bit of a break to go and spend with your friends or your family, and, and even just to get away for a few days and, and have a change of environment. And they were brilliant like that. And and they were the sorts of things, along with obviously the groups of people that I've just mentioned, family, friends, lads at the club, they were the people that, that were able to, to motivate me to get back to where I was. Yeah.
3: Brilliant. I can't even like myself and Josh have actually both had an ACL. Um, we didn't have as much to lose though. Josh, did we? Just a couple of days. No, in.
0: not quite. No. But you
3: <laughs> know what it's I... like,
2: guys. Yeah, yeah, oh,
3: yeah. The 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 rehab, even for someone who lives a pretty sedentary lifestyle like me, you know, I don't I don't move around much, as you can probably tell, looking at me. Um, <laughs> probably why I did it. <laughs> How I did it when playing football, to be fair, but um yeah what you were saying there just brought that back like them first few weeks in it josh after you've had it yeah. done and they get you trying to do the exercise to actually lift your leg without using your hand and jesus it's so difficult so the thought of then going back in the environment you know like yourself returning to training likes of scolzy beckham it's just it must be so hard i've always thought that with footballs ever since i've done my acl i always look at the ones that come back and think fair play that it, it must be so difficult
2: yeah, it is. It's very, very hard. But, I mean, you get people that come back even stronger. You look at Alan Shearer, he did yeah. his, absolutely mm. sensational. Roy Keane, I was actually playing in the game that Roy Keane did his at Ellen Road, um, I, and he, he came back. I mean, unbelievably, he actually came. One of my problems was that I'd been away, for not doing nothing, obviously, but my problem then became being able to shift weight. I never had any weight on me up until that injury. Um, and then it was it was just a constant battle. Roy Keane actually came back thinner than, than when he did than before, his, before his injury. He looked like a machine and obviously he went on to, to, uh, to become a, a sensational footballer as well. So, you know, there are flip sides to it that, you know, people do recover completely fully and, um, and, and play at the top level for a long, long time. And, and they are just two examples. Niall Quinn's another
0: so obviously that um that that's sort of the darkest darkest worst moment you've had on a, on a football pitch so just to flip it what what's your your best moment most memorable match is it, is it united debut is it even something like aberdeen uddersfield um is
2: i mean we're, obviously scoring in the youth cup final was was brilliant for me um making my debut i i don't think Anything will be topped. I mean, obviously, I played in entertaining games. Um, obviously, not for United's first team because I didn't play many of them. But um, I have played in entertaining games. I remember when Robbie Keane was playing for for Wolves when I when I went to Huddersfield in my first season. Uh, I remember scoring the winner in like the 95th minute there, and that was that was quite sweet because you mentioned Luke at the top of the program about um, about fullbacks that kick you to death. Yeah. Now, Wolves had a particular fullback, an Australian lad called yeah. Kevin Muscat. I knew where you were he going thought, to see, as you said. It, he was an animal. Um, absolutely horrendous yeah. one of these that when, when he's right up behind you and when the when when your goalkeeper's kicking out and you're obviously facing him he's up behind you and he's <laughs> kicking you in the back of the legs and he's and he's you know like sort of rabbit punching you in in the kidneys and pulling on your shirt he, he was horrific and any ch- any chance he would have got to have done you he would have done well he, he did craig bellamy with a particularly yeah. horrendous tackle um, so that to do that in the in the 95th minute uh, against Wolves, who were obviously a team that were going to be fighting it out at the end of the season, it turns out neither of us were that season. But um, but yeah, to do that, that, that was quite memorable. And obviously I was still endearing myself to the Huddersfield fans at that point, because I think it was probably around the September time. Um, and that just about nailed it. Well certainly for that season anyway but it was quite sweet that I had to run past him back to the uh, the halfway line after 94 minutes of being kicked to death.
0: <laughs> so I think one, just one more question that, that certainly I want to ask. Uh, so moving to present day, obviously you're a big United fan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on on United currently? Thoughts for the season, how do you expect it to go?
2: Well, I must admit, after um, after the way the season ended last year, um, I I just couldn't ever see that we were even going to get fourth, never mind third. Um, yeah. With the with the group of players that he had, they absolutely in not. I won't say every game. In fact, I won't. I will actually say that from when they played Spurs on the nineteenth of June, the only poor performance that they put in. Was against Chelsea in the semi-final. Yep. That was the only performance that was below par. They were given a little bit of a fright by Southampton at Old Trafford, but aside yeah. from that, even even against Sevilla, they you know they they had chances to have mm-hmm. to have won it, and they conceded you know two relatively poor goals against a very very good side that obviously went on to win it and know how to win that competition. But I thought that we played as well as we could have done to have won that game. And then, you know, who knows what, what would have happened in the final. But I don't think that any manager on the planet could have succeeded in doing what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer did. That was the absolute pinnacle that he could have achieved is by finishing third from the position that we were in. Mm. Yes. That some of the performances between june and i would say the end of july were, were nothing short of sensational with great goals you know scoring at, at will scoring for fun now obviously this season they haven't got off to a particularly great start we know that um i mean i was down doing the game at brighton uh and albeit i'm glad the handball rule has changed uh i'm not sure whether that one actually would have done because he had his ha he had his hand in a you know, in a position that I, I hadn't spotted at all. Um, but it was given, and we got those three points. Now, if we hadn't have had those three points, we would be bottom of the league with Fulham, which is very, very worrying. Yes, I know it's early days, and I appreciate that we do have a game catch-up against you. you fellas, Luke. Is that right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah
2: can't yeah. wait for <laughs> that. <laughs> so, I, I think that... Um, obviously forgetting about the the you know what was a a slight humiliation against against spurs i mean nobody n- nobody in the premier league i'm not just talking man united i don't think anybody in the premier league should be losing by five or six goals and especially not man united um but the international break hopefully has come at a time where players can go away and focus on something completely different they can come back now knowing that they've got an incredibly tough run of games a very intense run of games two games or well, three games in europe before the next international break and we've got to go to newcastle and we've got to go to everton and sandwiched in between that we've got arsenal and chelsea at home who have both started the season particularly well as arsenal especially now what, what's weird about this season already is that the teams that finished third, one, two and three, have already conceded five, six and seven. Uh, and I think that if you'd have put money on that, I don't think any of us would be sitting here now. We'd be, you know, loading it up in Barbados somewhere away from it all. We've been on yachts because we'd be millionaires. But that is just the way at the moment that that this is going. Now, there are teams that are in a much better position than we are, but there are plenty of games to go. We've made signings in the transfer window. Um, we need to improve. I don't think there's any, any question about that. We have to improve, uh, certainly defensively, because that was where we made our name last year, was that we were able to score goals. We would always score goals with the firepower we had up front and the way the lads were performing. And obviously the introduction of Bruno Fernandes was a, was a major cue in January. Um, but we weren't conceding either, or you know, we weren't conceding regularly. And already, I think this season, we've conceded more goals at home than we did, in the, you know, for the entirety of, I can't remember which season mm. it was, which is a mind-boggling start. But the season's nowhere near over. It's only just begun. And yes, you'd obviously like to start the season with, you know, maximum points. But I think only Everton and Villa have done that. Mm. Um, and... Everybody can beat anybody. I think Villa have proved that with what they did to Liverpool. Mm. Spurs, obviously a very good side, but they would never have expected to to stick six goals past us the way they did. Leicester going to Man City and completely blowing them away. And, and we have to remember that Leicester then lost 3-0 at home to West Ham. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it, it is a topsy-turvy season. I have no doubt that Fans not being in the stadia is really it affects me even now just going doing the commentary there. I'm used to it, but you'll never get used to it if you, if you can sort of comprehend what I'm trying to say is that yeah. you've got no choice you know what the protocol is of getting into stadia these days, but you're just waiting for that. you know that one game where fans are actually allowed in. Uh, I mean, and we could debate this until the cows come home, but, uh, you know, reading that Arsene Wenger had, you know, people inside the London Palladium the other night for an audience with him indoors, and yet football matches, and, and it, it's not only, it, it stretches further than that, it's the fact that you're seeing all over the place now on any news feed is that clubs are saying, you know, if we don't actually get the support from the government or you don't start letting fans back inside these stadiums then it then i don't know 20 30 maybe 40% of these clubs will go to the wall
1: yeah. and nobody
2: wants that nobody wants to see oh. what's happened to Macclesfield or what happened to Bury last year and we've seen Wigan on the verge as well yeah. and that just should not happen um, and i know you know my my mate from uh, from sky has uh, has got his voice behind you know, supporting these clubs by filtering the money through. Uh, and I hope that does gather some momentum. Um, but I similarly hope that Man United gather some momentum as well. And and this, like I said, is a particularly difficult run of games. But what better way than uh, than than starting it, than going up to Newcastle, knowing what a tough place it is to go, but knowing they won't have that Fifty-five thousand or whatever it is screaming fans behind him it makes it a much more different different you know sort of proposition when you're going up there and you're not facing that because i was there last year and we didn't play well at all and lost one nil Mm. um i can see us going up there and and really kick-starting um these next sort of five six weeks before the next international break in fact it's not even that is it it's three you know three weeks nearly four weeks that's all um, and let's see where the land lies but I, I, I love Olly Gunnar Solskjaer, I thought he did an absolutely amazing job that like I said earlier nobody else would have managed to do, I'm completely behind him because he's the Man United manager, I'm rooting for him constantly to do well as I am with the players and you know my job is made a lot easier when the team's winning I can assure you so let's hope that that, um, that, that starts on, um, on Saturday at Newcastle.
1: Yeah, so what it is, Ben, it's, just, it's a pro-five quiz on your career. So Josh is just going to run through sort of five questions, just quick questions, um, all about yourself, just all about sort of what's happened in your career and sort of what things you've done. So I'll let you take that away, Josh. Yeah,
0: okay. so uh, number one, who did you score your last professional goal against? Ooh.
2: <laughs> professional goal yeah 2002 Uh, it was was it st johnston it was (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) put that out (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: number two how many premier league appearances did you make for man united in your career was it five seven or nine nine it was correct
2: it's
0: flying uh you received one red card in your career in a scottish premiership match against who
2: rangers (laughs) oh oh it was hearts sorry it was hearts unless
0: you got another against rangers (laughs) i
2: I didn't didn't actually get on the field i was sent off before while i was warming up oh really (laughs) yeah Yeah. what did you do to get that i I did i know i do i do actually remember the hearts game because we still won it three two
0: yeah yeah that's right yeah
2: yeah and i um i'd won a penalty for us in the first half and the again the fullback just kept kicking me and he and he caught me with one and i just had enough and i just booted him and the linesman on the far side was flagging furiously and i knew what was coming so uh, but fortunately we still won the game but yeah i do remember getting sent off at petogi against hearts
0: what did you do at rangers then
2: i had to go i had to go at the go at the, full, at, the um, at the linesman shock and uh, <laughs> he'd come over and give me a red card
0: Oh, amazing. Uh, question four, who was your last Manchester United appearance against? Uh, <laughs> Premier League appearance, I think it is. Middlesbrough? Liverpool. Oh, was it Liverpool, was it? Yeah, I think you come on for Gary Pallister, I think.
2: That Easter time?
0: Yeah, that's it. Michael yeah, Owen. When Michael Owen so, got sent off. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. One one. Um, yeah, I
2: should have uh, got that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and last one uh you wore shirt number 29 and then 23 at man united yeah. when united you wore one number for the rest of your career what was it 12. correct any any reason behind 12 or
2: no well uh, there wasn't um i actually uh steve bruce did give me 11. Hmm. um or did i have did i did i wear 12 when i first went to uddersfield as well yeah well yeah that's what uh, that's what the website awesome. <laughs> I, I, I do remember I, I i was pretty sure because I, I always wore 11 um obviously it playing in the youth teams and what have you um and then i got given 11 at uddersfield and then uh, steve bruce signed klein weinhardt from leeds oh, no. and, um, and he went to give him 12 and he didn't want it <laughs> So, I, you know, I, I mean, what difference does it make what number you're wearing? Unless you're yeah. really, really superstitious about it. Um, I just said, you know, Clyde, would you like 11? And he, and he was really grateful. So he took yeah. 11, I took 12, problem sorted. But, yeah, it didn't bother me, that. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Ben, you've been absolutely class. Thank you very much for, yeah, thank for coming you, on. We massively appreciate it. Yeah. Not a problem,
2: guys. I wish you all the best with it. And uh, anything you need, just give us a shout. Take care.
1: Cheers mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye 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 yeah. bye. Let's go on with our score predictions. And Josh, we will start with you. You had Derby versus Watford 1-1. Yeah, I did.
4: Um, I thought you'd turned the corner. Um, you, you hadn't.
1: Corner turned you, into a roundabout.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you've gone straight back. Um, it weren't a corner. It was just a I don't know, a turn in the road. Um, and now you're still on
1: that.
4: You are You're still on that straight and narrow to, to League One. Um, I really fear fear, I've said it for a lot of the season. Um, I think the only reason Philip Cocker is still your manager is because he sent someone to ruin his house with coronavirus. So he's not been able to replace him <laughs> yet. Um, I, I do think...
1: It's inevitable in the next couple of weeks. Um, we lost again, didn't you, last night? Yeah, lost to Huddersfield one 0 Played really well first forty-five. Absolute collapse in the last forty-five.
4: Yeah, um, and obviously you've got you without Rooney um, against Nottingham Forest. I know he's not been great, but I think he's still. Be sure against Norwich, didn't he? Still got that bit of magic if if needs be. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you'll win. Um, I know Forest is shit as well, but
1: yeah. So I actually did put on Facebook on sort of Derby County fan page. I put on a bit of a t- a bit of a poll about cocky in cocky out, or give it to end of the Forest match and see what happens. Mm. And we had 118 votes for cocky in 71 for cocky out. And thirty votes on all depends on the forest match, so majority is still behind Philip Koku. But That's me weird. personally, I voted him to sort of go out because yeah, to he's just not now. performing, is he? Get rid. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's been incredibly hard for him. I do feel sorry that last year were complete shambles in terms of everything that went on behind the scenes with Mason Bennett, Tom Lawrence, Richard Keogh the money financial side of it with selling ground to not Mel Morris's own company. <laughs> and, uh, just just, just been a bit a bit shit for him, hasn't it? But yeah. You're in a you're in a new season now. You've brought in a couple of players who you want to I mean, is it his choice to sell Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle? I don't know, but again, I'm, I just don't know where we'll we'll go from here other than a new face as a manager and People starting to play for him. But oh. that Luke, you rambled on. You had Derby to win 2 0. Talk us through
3: that. Yeah, a bit like Josh, I just assumed obviously without seeing much other than Rooney's free kick, I just assumed that you'd turned the corner and he just yeah. needed a bit of a bounce. But uh I've not seen any of the game, I'll be honest, but the results have been poor. Um it needs it needs to go simple as. I don't I don't get that pulp that's right surprised me. Um, forest game, let alone being a massive local derby, it's a, it's a six pointer, yeah. Um, but I don't know Tough why. What, what's happened with forest anyway? themselves, they were
1: they should have I don't know, they, they just well, like, they didn't back Lamucci or whatever he called, but he, yeah, they were first ones to get rid of him, weren't they? So
3: and then they win. Think last minute of the day, or ever made that up. Yeah,
4: Hewton's first game. Yeah, he's,
3: it was. He's yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Hewton's a safe pair of hands. You'd, you'd think they've made it. The, he could have been. You could have got him in. Mm. You know, that's that's why you've got to make the move.
1: I was the only sensible one, actually. I had Watford to win one 0 getting myself five points as well. Yeah. Two points. Yeah. No more to really say on Derby. They just, they just shit. Mm. Just. Just <laughs> not doing well, are they?
4: <laughs> but, uh,
1: Paul says keep cockooing in. I reckon it will depend on what happens at Forest. So we'll see come the weekend if we are under Rooney. Is it on Rooney Sky? The yeah, Sky. I will be watching that. Yeah, Friday night on Sky. Mm. So Newcastle versus Man United. Josh, you had two nil Newcastle.
4: Yes. Because we have just lost six one to Tottenham. <laughs> um, well, we've had our best two performances in those last two games of the season. Uh, second half against Newcastle we were really really good. Um, it ended up being quite comfortable, but it were it one one until that last five
1: minutes, and then and then we scored three later on. Um, was that that it was worried? It were five minutes to get three goals. I mean. It's one-one with Newcastle, 85th minute or 86 minutes. Yeah,
4: but we'd we'd had a fair few chances. Bruno missed a penalty, um, but that that has been a problem for a while. Um, I'm hoping Kavonic can make a difference in that sort of putting chances away because Martial's not started the season well.
1: So that's two games, zero points for you, Josh. Mm, uh, yeah, Luke, you had Man United to win two-nil.
3: Yeah, we're confident they'd win. Um, just i think newcastle started well but you don't i think if you lose 6-1 on your man united and you don't follow that up with a win i'd be shocked personally um and there would have, have been huge questions over solskjaer then for me whereas oh, he's he'd done, be
1: managing derby wouldn't he after that
3: he's done what he's always done so far as a man united manager where they need to sack him while pochettino's out of work but he's done just enough to keep his job just to make sure he stays in employment, and Pochettino will no doubt go to another club, and United will rue the fact that they didn't just fuck him off. That's the downside. <laughs> That's the downside, Josh. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. I think you.
4: I think you're right. I think we will regret it if we. If
3: we don't. So. He won't stay out of work for. He's been out a year. A year now, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Needs to yeah. get back in, or he just becomes Paul Jewel.
1: <laughs> you know, he's a name from the past. But, yeah. I had uh, Man United to win 2-1, so another two points on that one. Josh, to Burnley, you had West Brom to win 1-0, and a kicking in Luke Knackers.
0: Another one I
1: got wrong. Um <laughs> another zero points,
0: actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to be like a, a ball-storming game and it would 0-0 it? I didn't watch it because
2: it's £14.95. And I didn't even pay for United. I'm definitely not paying for West <laughs> Brom. Who paid for that? No, but it's 74 people, apparently. Well,
0: 73 plus you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, I, th- I thought West Brom would nick it. and they didn't.
1: Cheers, oh, Josh. Thanks for that one, mate. No <laughs> worries. <laughs> Luke, you had Burnley to win 1-0 with Ben Me being fit.
3: So he wasn't, so I get points.
1: <laughs> no,
3: you don't. <laughs> 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 uh, it was a much better performance, but let's be clear, West Brom are a bad, bad team that will finish rock bottom in the league. So it's probably two points lost. Um, Ashley Barnes... Pulled two unbelievable fucking saves out of Sam Johnston. Uh, first half, he took it down on his chest from a corner, uh, maybe eight yards out, absolutely hammered it on the volley. Great one handed tip over. It, well, I, I were already celebrating, I were up off the sofa, I were already kicking dog, going mad. Um, but he saved it. And then in second half, across from McNeil, they were the best player on the pitch. He's been out of form this season, but he were right back on it. Which was really good positive for us. It were fantastic. Uh, cross from left. And one of Barnes cr- cr- you know, stupid headers where he goes like that. I'm how was it? For all the world it's going in. And then Johnston just goes. And maybe like that part of his finger tipped it post for us. It's an unbelievable save. Nick Port made a great stop as well in the second half, like a double stop. Come uh, on, give
0: it us, give it <laughs> us. Um, I mean, he'd be great on Spotify, didn't
3: but... I can't remember.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> 30 had seconds run of silence to lose him in that. Port saved with his hand, and then uh, there was a guy running up to follow-up, but he dropped really quick to smother and tip it round for a con. We were the better team, without question, but um, like I said, it, it, West Brom, it reminded me very much, sorry to any West Brom fans, of the Carabao Cup games we had against like Millwall, mm. whatever else, like oh, Sheffield United or the so. It reminded me of them though, like against Millwall, they looked every inch a Championship team. Um, so it's a bit—I don't know if it's worrying. Chelsea only drew that. I take a point. We needed it. you get a point on the board. We needed it big time. A bit of confidence back. Players back fit uh Pope looked on it again after his horror show at newcastle and ben me and jack Cork are back fit now or they will be for the next game apparently good munson started which is his first game in ages from the start in the league uh jared riguez were back fit on the bench so there were
1: positives for like the next few weeks but
3: it's kind of too. i i've got
1: two questions for you then luke on that one being do you think Sam Johnston's got an outside chance of being the third goalkeeper going into next year's tournament? For...
3: I don't really consider it. He used to, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know enough about him. I think he'll probably concede too many at West Brom to be considered. Um, that'll probably be the only clean sheet he gets off seat. Um Not not because of him. Their defence is absolutely terrible like that. Higart's seeing yeah. 36-year-old Branislav Ivanovich playing at centre-back. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, he were really impressive. Made some really good saves and, you know, I, I hope when we're talking third choice, we about Pickford being the one to drop.
1: Absolutely. He's absolute Kieran Dyer, isn't he? It's, he's so bad. Uh, <laughs> the
3: only thing he's good for is assault, as we've clearly. <laughs> <laughs> has,
1: anyone, has anyone seen that Graham Sooner saying, oh, he's absolutely assaulted him and then, they put that tackle on Graham Souness did. It did. He absolutely went through that player.
3: Yeah, but isn't it? he were a midfielder? It's, it comes with territory. What the fuck is a goalkeeper doing? Trying to, like, les off with Van Dyke's legs. He probably <laughs> <laughs> the shit out of him. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Oh, it was a joke tackle. I was saying to Josh at the time on WhatsApp, wait, right, fair enough, he's offside. Why the fuck has he not been sent off? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: fucking
1: mad. How is he allowed to walk the street? I think
0: the reaction has been ridiculous
1: though. Why? Imagine-
3: I mean,
0: players get injured. Fucking hell, they're on about.
3: He's saying that. Imagine- <laughs> He's not a Man United <laughs> fan, I we that were Pickford on, on not Rashford, because he hates him, that'll Pickford on Bruno. <laughs> I want not ask for rules to be changed.
4: Be-
1: yeah. So, my second question for you, Luke, before Josh <laughs> kicks off. Is are you worried about Burnley, yes. sort of being on the edge of relegation? Do you I
3: think... think, I think because of the instability within the club at the minute, which has been reflected in our transfer window and the things that are going on behind scenes, um, I, I think our squad we're, we're, we need to keep people fit. We're two injuries away from undoubtedly going down. Chris Wood got injured. I mean, I'm saying if Chris Wood got injured, he missed a fucking sitter. I never mentioned that. Unbelievable <laughs> cross from Westwood. Seven yards out, Wood, header, perfectly arrowed to his head. You know what Wood's like. Best header of a ball. What's what header like? <laughs> and he, Again, I were out of my seat assuming it had gone in. Crossbar, bang. He hit crossbar twice. Oh, God, how did we not win? yeah anyway um, yeah we're a couple of injuries away from being knackered uh, if, uh, you know Ben me being back will be huge Iman Tarkovsky and Pope you will not find a better back three in the league now that Van Dyke's injured in my opinion and I stand by that I really do I'm biased I stand by it I'd have that ahead of Maguire and Lindelof and De Gea any day of the week I really would yeah. Um. but am I worried yeah of course I am because we've had a bad start um four games at a point. You can't you can't you can't be happy with that. But I I know what Burnley are like, we've had such shit starts before. Two years ago we were uh, on twelve points going into New Year's Day. We finished eleventh, I think it were at the end. Because we always find a way to grind out the points. It's not it's not gonna be pretty. Um I think it'll be three out of five teams that go down and wear one of the five. Uh, it's just about making sure we don't win when we play them teams away, and we beat them at home um, and nick points elsewhere. See, so, yeah, I'm talking you Sheffield United. I'm still saying Brighton. I know they've had a couple of good points. I think they'll be down there. West Ooh, Brom, Ful- West Brom, Fulham, and whoever the other one was. I've already forgotten. It's in that arena. I think.
1: Did you say Aston Villa?
3: No,
0: I
1: definitely didn't. I <laughs> I'm West sure you Brom, said they're top of league, didn't
3: you? West Brom, Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield United, Brighton. Three out of five. Yeah,
1: yeah it's good. I think it's gonna be a good battle for both top four and bottom three. I think it's gonna be it's an exciting. exciting season. Well big teams aren't sort of giving that fear to the littler teams anymore, are they? Not as much as they used to. No,
2: yeah.
1: But I, I, I get what you're saying, it's
3: exciting, but I'd prefer a season without anxiety. There's enough going on in World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adding to my stress and annoyance with the planet at the minute internally.
1: So need to <laughs> sort themselves out. So after four weeks, staying on a miserable six points is Josh. I don't think you've had a correct result or score for the past two predictions. Shit that mate, to be honest. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you had you had two points this week from Man United winning two 0 so that's a correct result. You are on nine points, and then, sorry boys, I'm absolutely leading the uh, the race on twenty points. We're having five points from Watford versus Derby, two points from Man U winning away at Newcastle, and then a draw with West Brom and Burnley. So. Living dream. So, well this week's fixtures, we're all on Sky Sports again. What? Derby versus Knott's Forest, Friday night, Sky Sports, Luke, what is your prediction? It's at Derby, you say? It is at Derby? No, it's Forest, I think. Ooh. I mean, it doesn't make as
3: much of a difference as it used to, but i still like to know. Yeah, I'd say
1: Derby lost, anyways.
3: Yeah, we're away at
1: Forest. You're away.
3: They're just coming off the back at the last minute win. You're coming off the back of losing to other fields. I've said before I think you, your players want rid of Koku but look of it to me, so Forest two nil. Josh. Uh,
4: I will say I'm gonna
3: say forest two nil, but I'll change it. I'll go forest
1: four 0 Okay now boys. Yeah, now, Archbastards. So I reckon it'll be Derby 1, Forest 1. I think it's going to be very boring. Two very poor sides battling it out for absolutely nothing other than a Brian, Brian Clough trophy. Um, so yeah, boring, boring game. So Manu versus Chelsea, Josh. 3 2 Chelsea. Three two. This is also live Sky Sports at five thirty. If anyone's ever bothered about that, paying yeah. fifteen. Free as well. well free now TV. course it's free. It's two big clubs. But ours ours, yeah, ours, yours ours, is on Monday night, Lou. Sky you Sports to... main event for fifteen quid. Yeah. Well, it's see if you do your now TV stuff in it. But so, Josh, what's your result on that? Three two, you say. Three
0: two, Chelsea.
4: Um, I don't think that'll actually be the score, but I keep predicting us to lose,
1: and we keep winning, so, I think we'll Team, lose. Timo Attrick?
4: Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, I hope Time Kai Havertz keeps up his form. Scored, didn't he? He oh. uh, set Danny Ings up.
3: Not impressed, though, has he? Let's be fair.
1: He, no, he's been shit. German. Bundesliga.
3: Kigawa Luke, and... what's your
1: score for that
3: one? Uh, I think Chelsea a wank. Man United too. <laughs> I do. I think Lampard's a fraud. I think he's spent terribly. He'll be sacked by February. Ah. And they'll get oh. and and next prediction, and they'll be the club that gets Pochettino.
1: So I'm going to say. I'm I'm very much on the fence, and I called Gaz Davis out for it last week. But I think another one-one draw. I can't see, can't see anything taken off in that game. I mean, for me, I thought you were lucky against Newcastle. You did play very well against PSG. I mean, like I said scoring what three goals in five, five or six minutes at the end of that game. So, yeah, one-one draw. Luke, big one for you Monday night, Burnley versus Tottenham. What's the
3: score? I mean, <laughs> after the West Brom game, we wanted a nice, easy fixture to uh, carry on our unbeaten form of one game. Um, might be after the Lord Mayor's show. You know, Mourinho, why am I being optimistic?
1: So, if Ben is playing, what's the score?
3: <laughs> ben Me's playing, we might, we might get a point. But I don't know if he will be yet. Um, you'd, you'd be mad. I mean, let's be fair, it's going to be Bale, Son and Kane up against Kevin Long. So, <laughs> so's Kev. But, is that are we at home? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, you are at home. 1-3. One, 1-3. Three. One, three.
1: Josh? Um, I don't know. Spurs had a weird game, didn't they?
0: they- Battered West Ham
3: for yeah.
4: 75 minutes and then, what an unbelievable
0: comeback that was by the way. What a goal. What a goal! Where did that come from? Like, the comeback a like, oh, did
1: did didn't know. He was just there like that. Yeah. I just scored. I, I don't even
0: him. understand why he was there. Like, why he was in that position. Why weren't he closer to the net?
3: Is I, I loved my celebration. I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> That was the first time in eighteen years that he smiled. <laughs> it, was, it was like seeing a cor- it was like seeing a zombie come out of the ground, like a corpse, literally reanimate and be like, "This is life." <laughs> amazing. But uh, yeah, un- unbelievable. Um, last ten
4: minutes from then, um, and yeah, what a goal.
1: Um, I do think Tottenham will have to bounce back. Um, I think it'll be 3 0. 3 0. I've got Spurs to win 4 0. I think they're a very good attacking team. Shocking defensively. I don't know what happened <laughs> to that Klaus. Eric Dyer didn't go to the toilet. I think that was a problem. But... Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads.
3: Pie and a fine. Pie and a pine. Pie and a